Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Did you know Black and White Sports is the number one conservative sports entity on YouTube with over 35 million views? Make sure you subscribe here to the podcast available anywhere. Quality podcasts are available. Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Anchor, and Spotify, and many others. Hit subscribe now. You're tuning into... Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Live. We're going to talk about Cole Beasley. As we know, he's been in the news a lot. Uh, Surrounding the Wuhan vaccination. That's right. Cole Beasley, a Buffalo Bills player, has taken a stand. Said he is not going to get vaccinated. Doesn't care if anybody likes it or not. Uh, Sam Darnold, Montez Sweat, there are other players that share this sentiment that they're not ready to get this vaccine. Now, whether or not they've done it in the last couple of weeks, since they made comments saying, look, they didn't feel like they knew enough about the vaccine or the vaccine hadn't been out there long enough for them to want to go take it. Well, it seems the NFL has launched a new rule and a lot of people are calling it the Cole Beasley rule. Some people are calling it checkmate. Cole Beasley. Um, it's pretty ridiculous. In my opinion, I've said I think employers should stay out of this one issue. The NFL essentially just said, we're not going to require that you get vaccinated, but there's going to be harsh penalties if there is an outbreak. A very harsh penalty. Let's look at this. This is going to be by way of Tom Pelissero of NFL Network. Here's more from today's memo, which also says, Team responsible for a canceled game because of an outbreak among unvaccinated players and staff will be responsible for financial losses and subject to potential discipline from the commissioner. Wow. So if you're, un, if you're unvaccinated and they miss a game, the commissioner can, I guess, suspend you? Find you? I don't know what that means. The league intends to play its entire 272-game schedule over 18 weeks. And this is the key. Quote, we do not anticipate adding a 19th week to accommodate games that cannot be rescheduled within the current 18 weeks of the regular season. Play on time or don't play. Another key competitive aspect of today's memo. Vaccinated individuals who test positive positive and are asymptomatic can return to duty after two negative tests 24 hours apart. Unvaccinated individuals still subject to 10-day isolation mandatory. God. More strong language from the NFL memo. Quote, every club is obligated under the Constitution and bylaws to have its teams ready to play at scheduled time and place. A failure to do so is deemed conduct detrimental. They can hold unvaccinated players as contact, con, 
Uh, conduct un... God, that's amazing to me. That's the same kind of thing that they can do to somebody that, for example, uh, has like a domestic violence issue or something like that. Conduct detrimental to the team. That's nuts. There is no right to postpone a game. This is the NFL's strongest step to incentivize vaccinations. You heard that. In essence, vaccination status dictates action. If a club cannot play due to a COVID spike in vaccinated individuals, we will attempt to minimize the competitive and economic burden on both participating teams. Now, uh, let's see. As for justification for continuing to increase benefits for vaccinated players, the NFL cites CDC data and major hospital systems. Now, this is where it really nails them. And the biggest penalty of all for players, if a game is canceled and cannot be rescheduled within the 18-week schedule due to COVID outbreak, neither team's players will receive their weekly paragraph five salary. You read that right. Nobody gets paid. Whoa. Okay. So now this has put an emphasis Teammates are going to start pressuring their their other teammates to get vaccinated because they run the risk of potentially losing their salary. And now we got some Buffalo Bill on Buffalo Bill crime going on. Bill's receiver, Stefan Diggs, not Cole Beasley, this is from Florio, reacts to non-vaccinated player forfeiture rule. After an extended Twitter tirade on Tuesday regarding the NFL's vaccination rules and vaccine generally, Bill's receivers Cole Beasley has been silent. After the news of Thursday's memo from the NFL to all teams explaining that an outbreak among non-vaccinated players and or staff that revolts in a cancellation will trigger a forfeiture, another Bill's receiver had something to say. Quote, accountability availability. Stefan Diggs tweeted, it's always been that simple. Today's memo simply raises the stakes. Beasley may bristle at this, but the simple reality is that vaccinated players will be tested once every 14 days. They will more than likely be available because they won't be tested for two weeks after their most recent test. Thus, they can't suddenly become unavailable. Non-vaccinated players Players assume a daily risk of being immediately unavailable because they're tested every day. God almighty. Beasley has yet to tweet in response to today's memo. However, it's become harder and harder for anybody to ignore vaccination status. Doesn't directly impact a team's competitive interest. After today's memo, it's impossible to make the argument. After today's memo, every unvaccinated player who isn't a franchise quarterback or otherwise untouchable due to skill or cap reasons, is at risk of being cut. Wow. So essentially, because an unvaccinated player may present what they deem to be a competitive disadvantage, the team could, theoretically, depending on the impact of player and cap, the NFL, an NFL team could theoretically cut a player if they're unvaccinated because they don't want to run the risk of forfeiting a game. 
And there you have Stefan Diggs. Make no mistake, Stefan Diggs is taking a shot at Cole Beasley. Accountability, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he's coming out and saying, look, man, you choosing to get unvaccinated could affect my money. And that's why Roger Goodell took these steps the way he did. Because now there's going to be pressure from teammates on two players. And look, I don't agree with that. I don't. I, I mean, personally speaking, because these are world-class athletes in peak condition, and they have found that most people that's affected by this Wuhan virus tend to be people that are obese, have other health problems, et cetera, et cetera. These are world-class athletes. Personally speaking, I don't think they should have asked anybody about their vaccination status. And to be clear, if you want to get vaccinated, if you don't, I don't care. But I don't feel like it's my business or the business of the NFL to know that. I mean, should the NFL maybe give the option of, if you want to get vaccinated, you can go to the team doctor and get vaccinated? Sure. But don't require the some bitch. You see my point? This is going to cause major problems in locker rooms. Because every team is going to have... They said that 14 teams, I believe, have hit 85% of the team is vaccinated. Okay. Out of every eight, out of every uh, 100 players, 85 are, are now vaccinated on 14 teams, by the way. And, uh, and the uh, roster is roughly 53. The roster is 53. So cut that in half. Look at that. You've got four, five, six players... On every roster, theoretically, that are not vaccinated and are choosing not to get vaccinated. And what happens if we're not talking Cole Beasley, but we're talking Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Sam Darnold in Carolina? That's going to get sticky, too, because the the teams may choose to handle those players differently. And then what happens? Somebody's going to mess around and get sued over this. If they handle the third wide receiver, and I know this is the way it's always kind of done, different than the star player, but they can prove it's tied to vaccinated, unvaccinated, there's going to be a lawsuit there of some kind. This is going to get interesting. Very interested to see if Cole Beasley comes out and makes a comment about this. Or if he starts tagging back at Stefan Diggs, who's obviously taking a shot at him. Actually, he could be taking a shot at Josh Allen, too. Because Josh Allen has come out and said that he hadn't made a decision. He may have since gotten it. That's been several months ago. But you get the point. Wow. The NFL just said, bitches, you ain't getting paid. Basically. We for, you forfeit a game, nobody gets paid. That's going to put a lot of pressure among teammates. You want to talk about fracturing a locker room? Here you go. So much for team chemistry. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. Let's talk about today's sponsor, Javi Coffee. Javi Coffee is the way I love to start off my morning. 
I work very, very hard for you guys to put out the best content possible. And I get my energy from Javi Coffee. Would you like to have that same energy that I have every single morning? Well, you should try Javi Coffee. And for you guys, you can actually get three bottles of Javi Coffee for only $16.95 per unit. Each bottle contains 30 servings. It will save you so much money from going to your local coffee shop. And by the way, folks, it actually tastes even better. You can use sugar. You can use monk fruit. I'm a low carb person. I don't like the carbs. This is keto friendly. And guys, it is super easy to make. Just put water in your cup. Add one teaspoon or two teaspoons of Javi coffee. Mix it up. Use whipped cream, sugar, monk fruit, whatever. And folks, it tastes absolutely amazing. So check out the link in the description or the pinned comment and get Javi coffee delivered to you today. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no holds barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and white sports fans, let's talk Team USA basketball at the Tokyo Olympics. Now, the U.S. men will be starting their play here in a few days, and they had a pretty rocky exhibition, uh, exhibition games, I should say, to actually prepare for the Tokyo Olympics. They lost to Nigeria. They also lost to Australia. Now, the USA was the overwhelming favorite to actually win gold. And folks, the standard for USA basketball, especially when it comes to the men, is gold and to never lose a game. I mean, that's very, very high expectations. But folks, we produce the best basketball players in the world. We should not be losing to Nigeria. We shouldn't be losing to Australia. Now, to the credit of the men's team, they did beat Spain and they did beat Argentina. Now, the Argentinian victory, that was actually a 20-point win. And against Spain, the U.S. won by, I believe, seven points. I think it was something like 83 to 76. So not as solid as beating Argentina, but still, they got the victory. However, guys, the USA is not a lock, according to the betting odds, to actually win the goal. Now, folks, that's still the overwhelming favorite. But it's not as comfortable as you would actually think. Check this out, guys. Olympics betting. Team USA basketball odds plummet after shaky showing in exhibition play. And it goes on and it says here. USA basketball men's team had a shaky showing in his exhibition schedule in the lead up to the Tokyo Olympics. And the odds have shifted accordingly. Team USA dropped exhibition contest to both Nigeria and Australia before rebounding with victories over Argentina and Spain. Before the exhibitions began, Team USA was a heavily favored minus 1,000 to win the gold medal. At bet MGM, meaning a better would need to bet $100 just to gain $10. There has since been a steady drop since. Following the Nigeria loss, Team USA's odds dropped to minus 800. After the Australia loss, the odds fell to minus 600. Now with their opening Olympic game just four days away, 
Team USA is listed at minus 350 at Bet MGM. Folks, they went from minus 1000 to minus 350. And I know that there's actually, you know, some criticism of the construction of this team. But this team is still led by Kevin Durant. They should not be losing to Nigeria, who was the 22nd ranked team in the FIBA rankings. Nigeria is not a threat to actually win anything. No kind of gold, no silver, no bronze. And he lost to that team. It goes on. It says that still makes Team USA a significant favorite. But it's quite a drop from where the odds were just a few weeks ago. Team USA isn't a very popular bet either. According to BetMGM, Team USA has received 5.1% of the bets and 7.7% of the money. The most popular team among bettors is Australia, whose odds have jumped from plus 2,000 to plus 750, the second best behind Team USA. Australia has attracted 44.9% of the bets and 54.3% of the money and is the biggest liability for the sports book. Other big liabilities for BetMGM are Slovenia, which is, of course, led by Luka Doncic. Slovenia Slovenia is listed at plus 2,000 and has received 15.2% of the bets and 14.6% of the money. Nigeria, which has a roster full of NBA players, is listed at plus 2,500 and has received 10.1% of bets and 11.4% of money. So, guys, here's the odds right here. You can see USA minus 350 and Australia plus 750. You know, the U.S. is still an overwhelming favorite. If I was a betting man, yeah, I think the USA should still be the favorite, even though I would not be surprised if this team does not win gold. I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever. And, you know, it's kind of a trend, you know, in this Olympics, how how all these woke athletes that are protesting over stuff, they lost. I mean, even the Team USA women, they lost too. Um, our soccer team just lost an actual match. I mean, the only saving grace, you know, for the men's basketball team is this was just exhibition games. That they lost. And I'm not surprised, you know, that Australia moved up because Australia actually beat the U.S. by eight points. However, the U.S. blew a 10 point lead in that game. So Australia, which is actually a higher ranked team, much more than Nigeria. That was an 18 point turnaround, guys. 18 point turnaround. So I'm not surprised, you know, that they actually moved up. But the U.S., doesn't seem to be a very, very comfortable favorite. So, guys, what do you think it is? What do you think of Team USA and their odds to win the gold dropping? I'm not too surprised. I still don't feel completely confident that this team actually will end up with the gold medal. Should they be the favorite? Sure. Yeah. Okay. We'll have to see. But it doesn't seem like Team USA has a lot of people actually rooting for them because We have seen what these NBA players actually think of this country. They don't seem to respect the country from the NBA bubble. The NBA has tuned a lot of people off. And this is the first Olympics I can actually think of where people aren't really excited about Team USA whatsoever. 
I mean, we should actually be dominating the world stage on basketball. And that just hasn't happened. It hasn't happened because these NBA players have been focusing on other stuff that has nothing to do with basketball. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrantz for Black and White Sports. We're going to talk about Gwen Berry and a host of other activists that have signed a letter demanding, yeah, not asking, demanding that the IOC change their protesting rule. Now, it's pretty clear people like Gwen Berry do they don't care about this country, uh, nor do they really care about competing in these games. This has become a statement for them, and in many ways, probably a statement towards trying to become famous. Let's be real, because if this hadn't happened, would you know who Gwen Berry was? Because I wouldn't. I wouldn't, okay? She turned her back to the national anthem, and now her... And several others, including a name that, oh, is oh so familiar because of Colin Kaepernick, have signed this letter demanding that the IOC change their protesting policy. Tommy Smith, John Carlos, Gwen Berry, among athletes, to sign a letter demanding IOC change Olympic protesting rule. Now I want you to notice something very carefully on here. Tommy Smith, John Carlos, Gwen Berry are among more than 150 athletes. Now, think about this. There are like 37, oh, at least 3,700 athletes that I know of at the Olympics. 150 athletes. Ah, but it's not, it's not even that many athletes. Educators. Why are educators signing this? And activists. People that aren't even involved in these games. Who signed a letter... Thursday, urging the IOC not to punish participants who demonstrate at the Tokyo Games. The five-page letter published on the eve of the Olympics asked the IOC not to sanction athletes for kneeling or raising a fist the way Smith and Carlos did at the 68 Mexico Games. Barry, the American hammer thrower who triggered much of the debate, has said she intends to use her Olympic platform to point out racial inequality in the United States, she don't give a damn about competing in sport. She don't care. She turned away from the flag when the national anthem played while she was on the medal stand at the Olympic trials last month. Luckily, Caitlyn Jenner said she is not good enough to even medal. And that's probably why she's trying to get this turned over. Because she's wanting to protest somewhere else. The IOC has made changes to its rule 50 that bans political demonstration at the games. It said it will allow them on the field so long as they come before a start of action. We talked about the fact that the IOC would get enough pressure they would at least begin to bend the knee, which they have already done. 
Players from five Olympic soccer teams took to their knees Wednesday before their games on the opening night for that sport. But the IOC did not lift the prohibition on medal stand demonstrations and have left some decision-making about punishment up to individual sports federations. We do not believe the changes made reflect a commitment to freedom of expression as a fundamental human right, nor to racial and social injustice in global sport. Look, nobody's telling you that you can't uh, walk out onto a, a, a sidewalk somewhere and have a demonstration. They're just telling you you're not going to do it during Olympic Games. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's your human right to go out there and, and protest all you want, as long as it's peaceful and within the law, somewhere besides the Olympics. You're not losing that human right. You're just losing, losing the right to do it at the Olympic Games. Nor to... Okay, so, as a fundamental human right, nor to racial or and social injustice in global sport, said the letter, which was posted on the website of the Muhammad Ali Center and signed by Ali's daughter, four-time boxing world champion Lala Ali. The letter disputed the IOC's long-held position that Olympics should remain neutral, arguing that neutrality is never neutral. Really? Okay. Staying neutral means staying silent, and staying silent means supporting ongoing injustice. Boy, this is they're running the playbook out of the leftist radical uh, agenda like clockwork here, aren't they? The letter also took issue with an athlete survey conducted, conducted by the IOC commission that found widespread support for Rule 50. The commission cited that the survey as a central reason for making the recommendation to largely keep the rule intact... The report provides no information. Here we go. Standard operating procedure. The report provides no information on racial or ethnic demographics or insights into the research instrument used taking steps to strengthen the validity and trustworthiness of the data. If you if you don't like the statistics, math is racist. God, I swear. The largest cross-section of the 3,547 athletes surveyed came from China, 14%, where the protests are overwhelmingly frowned upon, but the U.S. athletes were second. So, among everybody surveyed, fellow United States athletes said they don't want to see protesting, followed by Japan at 6%. Among others to sign the letter was Fencer Rossi M. Bowden, who, along with Barry, was placed on probation at the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee for demonstrating on the medal stands at the Pan American Games in 2019. The U.S. OPC later changed its stance and will not sanction athletes who protest in Tokyo. Also signing the, le the letter, Harry Edwards, a renowned socialist and also mentor to one Colin Kaepernick. The longtime activist who organized the Olympic Project for Human Rights, which led to gestures in Mexico City by Smith and Carlos. Good grief. You know what's crazy? The other day I was watching Unfiltered Dan Bongino. Great new show, by the way. Bongino rocks. But he had somebody on there talking about the, the, uh, the ongoing voter law issue. And it was a, a former Democratic chairman or, of something. And he literally said, why is it racist to want an ID, blah, blah, blah. She literally could not answer him. 
she couldn't. Her response was just cause, essentially. Okay? What they're wanting to do is, if we can get that racial and ethnic data, we can say your survey is racist. Standard operating procedure. When we get something we don't like, involving protesting or something else, anything to do with the law, let's blame it on the color of skin. Why not? This is ridiculous. Look, for a portion of these athletes, and the sad part is, it's just a portion. A portion of these athletes don't care about competing whatsoever. They want to go over there, and they think they can protest and become famous. And yeah, they'll be rewarded by people from a certain part of the aisle and by certain companies. They absolutely will. They'll be financially rewarded. That is a fact. I mean, after all, they're, they're protesting a false narrative anyway. There's no such thing as racial oppression and racial injustice. And we know the statistics around police brutality, right? Uh, so we've been, we've been promoting those for, for over a year now. False narratives. It's ridiculous. <laughs> we were right. The IOC did bend the knee. But according to the activists, they didn't bend the knee enough. Oh, well, you can protest before the start of the event, but we want to protest during the ceremonies, and we want to protest on the podium. Why? Because it's more camera time. Everybody wants to be the next Colin Kaepernick. Let's be real. Okay. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Lunacy. And a complete, by the way, a complete disrespect for their fellow athletes. They don't give a damn about the people on their teams from their own countries. They don't care. It's a bunch of selfish SOBs, for lack of a better term. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. First, here's a word from today's sponsor. Friends, I'm very concerned about food shortages coming to America. No, not local or short-lived shortages. I'm talking about a national food shortage that will affect everyone, everywhere, for a very long time. Would you be ready if that happened? Probably not. That's why I urge you to get some long-term storage emergency food from my friends at My Patriot Supply. They're the original Patriot Survival Company. Over the past decade, they've served millions of American families like yours. Their mission is your survival. And right now, you can save 25% on a four-week kit of emergency food that will save the day. Probably soon. This four-week kit has a wide variety of delicious food that provides over 2,000 calories per day. The right amount for optimum survival. Go to preparewithblackandwhite.com so you can claim your four-week emergency food kit and save 25% in the process. Order a tasty starter kit for each member of your family, and they will ship everything quickly and discreetly to your door. That's preparewithblackandwhite.com. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Road for Black and White Sports. We're going to talk about George Foreman. 
He was on Fox News primetime last night, and he made some extremely pro-American comments. Imagine that. Imagine that from a, look, a former sports athlete, a former world heavyweight champion, boxing great. A little, that flies in the face of all these woke athletes that are claiming to hate America, like Gwen Berry and George Foreman is unapologetic about his love for the country. This is what athletes used to be about. Absolutely. And George Foreman even talks about a great story talking about how the police helped him get involved with boxing. Very, very cool stuff. Let's let's talk about this right now. George Foreman pans anti-Americanism among some athletes. I will never turn my back on America. Retired world champion boxer George Foreman sounded off Wednesday as several high-profile U.S. athletes continue to publicly express anti-Americanism in concert with some segments of social society. Foreman, 72, who won a gold medal at the 68 Mexico City Olympics that also predominantly featured two black power gestures on the podium of the United States, Tommy Smith, John Carlos, just did a video about them, told Fox News Primetime that he, quote, always loved America. The host asked him how Foreman, who is black, continued to celebrate America even as institutionalized segregation and conflicted views about Vietnam War were still fresh in people's minds during the prime of his career. Quote, I always loved America. And once you fall in love, it's just fall, like falling in love with your wife. I hope not my first wife. No one can say anything about her, Foreman remarked. The next night, she is still my wife, and I'm going to stay. That's why you make that thing. Until death do we part. That's why nothing has ever shook my faith and my love in my country. And when you love a country, nothing can bother you. If you are halfway in love, you are going to be in a lot of trouble. That is a fact, George Foreman. Foreman said that people of all backgrounds and from all parts of the country helped him through his journey to the pinnacle of athletics, saying that they represented why he truly loves his country. In addition, Foreman heaped praise on President Lyndon Johnson, Hall of Famer Jim Brown, and fellow boxer Muhammad Ali. He added that despite current views of law enforcement by political factions, the nation's police departments have played a key role in the elevation of minority youth and athletes. Thank you, George Foreman. Quote, it was the police who started the POW. Police Athletic League. They taught us how to box. They would travel from one state to another to see that we won these Golden Gloves tournaments. They sent us off to the Olympics. I have this fond memory and this love for this country and the people in this country. Nobody will ever talk me out of that. That's love, Foreman reiterated. He characterized the anti-American sentiment gripping parts of the country as, quote, fashion. It's all fashionable to be anti-American to a point. He's absolutely right. It's fashionable. People ask me, what are you talking about? Can't you see what 
was done then and what was done now. Can't you see? And I tell them swiftly, you can't talk me out of my love. In this week's Olympics matchup, Sweden's women's soccer team blanked the United States. It is refreshing to see somebody stand up and be so blatantly unapologetic and loud about their love for this country. Great job, George Foreman. He is from a town I grew up in, Marshall, Texas. I grew up there, grew up at Cattle Lake. Uh, It is awesome. It is awesome. George Foreman walked some of the same streets I walked when I was a kid. That's awesome. Um, It's also great that he is pro-police when so many of these athletes act like the police is the worst thing in the world. Good God, we have seen what happens when you defund the police and now these idiots are having to go back and kowtow down and refund the police. Guess what? You need to pour more money into law enforcement in many of these areas around the country. It could do a lot of good. There's nothing wrong with being pro-American, regardless of your race. Maybe if you embraced it a little more, you'd get a little further in life. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Work hard. Apply yourself. It's got nothing to do with your race at all. That's why this country is great. If you're willing to bust your ass, you can be most anything. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and white sports fans, and let's talk about the Tokyo Olympics. Controversy has engulfed the Tokyo Olympics. I'm, I'm not even talking about any type of social justice protests. I'm actually talking about cancel culture. Cancel culture has infiltrated the Tokyo Olympics, and it's actually cost a person his job. Now, this is not an athlete, but this is the opening ceremony director from Japan has now been canceled and lost his job because of a joke he made 23 years ago. I'm not a fan whatsoever of cancel culture. We've actually seen this happen, you know, in the entertainment world. And now it has come into the Tokyo Games. This doesn't have any place in the Tokyo Games. Okay, so let's jump over here. Let's dive into this, guys. Tokyo Olympics opening ceremony director dismiss over Holocaust joke made 23 years ago. Now, guys, this person that was actually um, fired from his job, he's actually a comedian. So he was actually doing this on a um, on a comedy skit that he was actually doing. OK, so let's dive into this and see what actually happened. It says a Holocaust joke made 23 years ago has cost the director of the Tokyo Olympics opening ceremony director his job hours before the official start of the games. Kentaro Kobayashi was accused of using a joke 
about the Holocaust during his comedy act in 1998, including the phrase, quote, let's play Holocaust. Kobayashi faced criticism as a clip and script of his performance were revealed. Now, I don't know where this actually um, came from. Was it on Twitter or something like that? I don't know. Chances are it probably was actually posted on Twitter and he got canceled. But it goes on here. It says Seiko Hajimoto, the president of the organizing committee, made the decision to dismiss Kobayashi on Thursday. Quote, we found out that Mr. Kobayashi in his own performance has used a phrase ridiculing a historical tragedy, Hashimoto said. We deeply apologize for causing such a development the day before the opening ceremony and for causing troubles and concerns to many involved parties as well as the people in Tokyo and the rest of the country. Kobayashi is a former member of the comedy duo Ramings and known for comedy series including The Japanese Tradition. According to the AFP, the sketch in question sees Kobayashi turning to his colleague and saying, quote, the ones from that time you said, quote, let's play Holocaust. Kobayashi released a statement on his firing, according to BBC. Quote, entertainment should not make people feel uncomfortable. Understand that my stupid choice of words at that time was wrong and I regret it, he said. Now, guys, I haven't actually seen the clip. I don't know what kind of context he was actually making during the comedy routine. But we know that uh, comedy has been under attack for a while. That's why comedy is not funny anymore. And this guy, opening ceremony directors, where we're supposed to be talking about sports, he loses, his jo- loses his job to the mob. It says Olympics officials have been mirrored in scandal. Officials removed a composer earlier in the week after his bullying scandal came back to light. Previously, Yoshiro Miri resigned as organizing committee president over certain remarks. Uh, Hiroshi Sakata, I'm probably mispronouncing the name, also stepped down as creative director, suggesting a Japanese actress should dress like a pig. So everybody's losing their jobs here. I don't really know much about the other two. But based on this, a comedy routine from 1998, has cost this man his job. Now, my question is to the people that made this decision here. Why are why is Japan even allowed to actually host these Olympics then? Because wasn't Japan allied with the Germans in World War Two? Yeah. Why should J- Japan actually be hosting these Olympics? Because we know what happened in a. Uh, Nay King in World War Two. Nobody's calling for the cancellation of Japan as a whole. But this man lost his job because he was performing a comedy routine. A comedy routine. I mean, this, this is ridiculous, guys. This is absolutely ridiculous that this has happened. I personally don't believe he should have lost his job. He came out. He apologized, you know, for. Doing a comedy routine. Guys, I've actually heard much more worse things in a comedy show, you know, because I grew up in the 1980s. You know, I listened to Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy said quite a few things about certain a certain group of people 
and nobody was calling for his cancellation. I mean, just watch Delirious, watch Eddie Murphy's Raw. Nobody's calling for Eddie Murphy to be canceled. But it's amazing how people just go out there and cancel people. And this man now has lost his job for something that happened 23 years ago doing a comedy routine. I believe, man, that this is probably why not as many people will be watching the Olympics. It's gotten too political out there in the sports world. And we're living in a world of cancel culture. This is completely insane. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports.